Sheila Cohen is helping with veteran homelessness. She's the founder of Veterans Evolutionary Housing in Nevada. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. As you get busy with your holiday shopping, remember, Navy Federal Credit Union's cash reward card helps you slay the season. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Hey, we're talking with Sheila Cohen, founder of Veterans Evolutionary Housing of Nevada. Sheila, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, we're doing some great things with the veteran homeless and uh, and veteran veteran uh, veteran housing projects, and also helping with uh, job assistance. So, before we before we get started with that, take us back and uh, tell us about your background. Sure. Uh, thank you, Joe, for having me on today. Um, I um, am the spouse of a veteran. He, uh, my husband was in uh, Vietnam and in Cambodia. And so um, what I did most of my adult life was real estate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a realtor for 14 years. And one of the things I really wanted to do was to make a difference um, by coming up with some kind of housing for our homeless veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had set up a, uh, I met a, a, I met a Marine veteran uh, four years ago and he asked me to help him run the, his first nonprofit, which was called Vets 365. And we provided resources for veterans that were transitioning out of the military. And one of those was housing. So I decided to this year just focus simply on housing because that's what I know best. And I wanted to make a difference. Awesome. So um, what were some of the initial aspects or what are some of the um, ugly truths about starting a nonprofit and some of those struggles that you had initially when you got started? Yeah, you know, I really enjoy uh, running a nonprofit. First of all, I, I enjoy working uh, for myself. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but there's definitely struggles. There's, it takes two or three years to really get a nonprofit up and running and off the ground and getting support um, for it. But um, the benefits are that you, you're, you're, you are your own boss and you can pivot the business, which I have done at least three times, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what's going on in the economy and everything. Yeah. So when you, and what do you find yourself spending, if you're running a nonprofit, what do you, what do you find yourself spending the most time doing? And, and is it what you had thought it would be from the beginning? Yes, um, it is what I thought it would be. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the biggest thing I spend my time on is fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, I am pretty much right now a one person show. Um, and, um, I have to do a little bit of everything. And what I do enjoy doing is getting out and talking about my nonprofit and, and the mission that we have and, and what we're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, hopefully the funds will follow after that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I was trying to get at was, most people in especially the the face of the organization in a nonprofit usually ends up spending most of their time raising money and um, there's a lot of a lot of veterans want to do a lot of good things out there and they want to be hands on and want to serve in the veterans and that kind of thing but unfortunately if they're not going to do that somebody has to 
when, when you jump into the nonprofit realm, it's really about raising money. That's your revenue is, is going out and raising money donations. Um, and sometimes people can be a little misguided about what the focus and main effort is. You got to have the money first, then you can, then you can start helping people. Um, so at least you knew going into it that you probably would be spending the majority of your time doing the fundraising. Yes, absolutely. And you know, what it's, what it is, done is also is it it has encouraged me to talk to corporations I talked to, to Senate I talked to legislators um, I, I like to start at the top and tell uh, tell these folks about what we're doing to, to get their support but um, I, I truly have enjoyed doing it uh, along the way mm-hmm. so you, you you were in real estate for a long time used to talking with people getting along with people. What, what, how was it different trying to get into business owners, corporations and, and getting to the decision makers as far as exposing them to what you're doing with, with your nonprofit? Yeah, I think um, what I found the easiest way to do it is to basically collaborate with other nonprofit organizations that um, are doing the same mission that, that we are doing. And therefore, that gets us uh, a foot in the door or connections with uh, corporations and others that they, they might be working with. Now, what were some of you said you've pivoted three times? What, what did you initially start in at and what were your pivots along the way? Yeah, um, the first pivot was back when uh, the pandemic started. We were still doing resources for veterans, mm-hmm. and we were watching a lot of people losing their jobs during the pandemic and corporate laying people off. So we had pivoted and decided to take our education program um, and um, bump it up so that we could offer it to anybody who lost their um, job during the pandemic time, and they wanted to learn how to start their own business. So uh, that was basically our first pivot. Our second one was, um, and and it moved on to the third one, which is just to um, focus only on housing for our homeless veterans. And and that's where I spend the majority of my business time now. Mm Mm-hmm. what is the extent of the of the homeless issue, veteran homeless issue in the U.S. or you're there in, in the Nevada area also? Yes, I, I do watch the statistics all the time. Um, I follow HUD to see what numbers are out there. Um, they still um, are a little behind in publishing the current numbers, but at the end of 2020, there were 7,000 homeless people in the city of Las Vegas, and of that, 10% were homeless veterans. Mm-hmm. And it just breaks my heart to hear that number. They, they don't deserve that. That's why I wanted to make them a priority to get my housing going. Right. So do you find that the, the situation with veteran homelessness, like the veterans end up homeless for much of the same reasons that, every, that the others do? Yes. Yes. Basically they do. They can't get a job or uh, if they had housing for some reason, they may have lost their housing. Um, The environmental situations, the pandemic certainly didn't help uh, anybody. And um, there are a lot of different reasons why, excuse me, they end up homeless, but um, a a lot are very similar to, to homeless in general. Yeah. And so many of the solutions for veteran homelessness are the same for, for the other homeless? 
Um, there's, there's basically a, a shelters and different levels of sheltering that, um, that they do. As far as uh, the veterans go, they work specifically with the VA, the VASH program, um, and they will get priority in some shelters before they do get their housing. Mm. Okay. Well, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I'm really looking forward to this holiday season being more normal this year. Remember, as you head out on those shopping sprees or get busy with your online shopping, know that Navy Federal Credit Union's cash rewards card helps you slay the season. I know that my Navy Federal Credit Card will be getting plenty of action this year, but it helps to know that you can earn up to 1.75% cash back on all purchases when you sign up for direct deposit. I've had direct deposit with Navy Federal for over 31 years, 24 years on active duty, and now in retirement. You can redeem points as soon as you earn them. From all of us here at Veteran on the Move, we hope this holiday season is back to normal for you. If you want to check out the Navy Federal Cash Rewards Card, you can learn more at NavyFederal.org, insured by NCUA. All right, back talking with Sheila Cohen from the Veterans Evolutionary Housing of Nevada. So, Sheila, you've been working with veteran homelessness for a while now. Do you have what kind of success stories can you share with us? Yeah, it's I'm, I'm very surprised at the different types of calls that I get for housing help. Um, but I do want to share two quick stories with you. One of them is a veteran that I met um, at an expo and he had a home here in Las Vegas. However, he had no hot water and he had no air conditioning in that home. It was broken. Mm-hmm. And so um, after I you know, followed up a little bit with him on what was going on, we got him uh, two contractors out here that actually replaced his equipment for free. And he was back up and running you know, within two weeks. Now, this veteran um, is also a chef. He's back to work. He did lose his job during the pandemic time, but he's gone back. And what I learned about him after the fact was that he was cooking for the homeless veterans that live around him. Hmm. And so he would rather spend his money on extra food than to fix his equipment. So, you Hmm. know, um, we were brought together for a reason. I, you know, we were able to help him very easily. We had some real good contractors that helped stepped up and helped out for free and he's doing very well. And he continues to be part of my organization. Um, the second one I want to tell you about just happened, actually. I have a veteran that was transferring from Los Angeles out here to Las Vegas. And um, he is going through the VASH program. So he, he transferred his paperwork from one VA to another. Mm-hmm. And what really kind of surprised me and, and str- I struggled with was that it took four months to get them housing out here. It, it's just not, there's just not a lot of housing. Um, but, you know, we persevered, made a lot of phone calls on his behalf, gave him some shelter for a while. And he just now got into some VASH housing. He's in an apartment, one bedroom apartment. And uh, I'm, I'm now working on getting him some furniture and, you know, basic stuff that he's going to need for his apartment. But um, he is, he's still looking for a job. Um, that's also been a little bit of an issue trying to help him out by introducing him to other people. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what the VASH program is and what they do? Yes, certainly. The VASH program is part of HUD. So um, if you if a veteran is in that program, they can apply for and get um, rental assistance every month 
for their housing. Sometimes it includes um, the utilities, sometimes it doesn't, um, but um, you if you are in that program, you're relying on them to help you and they do work really hard at it to, to get some housing. And how does how does the VASH program differ from other programs like Section 8 and that kind of thing? Um, it's somewhat similar to Section 8, I would say. Um, you know, this is, uh, it's an ongoing program. As long as they meet the requirements, they are going to continue to get housing. Um, this particular veteran that just got into housing has said to me, I really want to be independent. I really want to get my own place and get my own loan. And, and, and because I'm a realtor, I can help him with that. And, and I would love to see him successfully have his own place one day. Mm -hmm. So typically, I mean, is there a typical way you get introduced to veterans in need or are they usually coming to you? Or you get introduced uh, through those that need help through other people? Yeah, I, I get three to four calls a week um, from from veterans specifically, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, they get, you know, they hear about me through other programs um, in the Las Vegas area or other nursing staff, and um, they call me directly, and some of them live in their car with their dog, and they won't take just anything for a rental unless, it, unless they will be able to include their dog. Um, some people call me and say, I got to get out of this motel tomorrow. So I, I rush around, I get on the phone, I call as many people as I can think of. Uh, we found a place actually in San Diego, it was a farm where the owner was willing to rent out um, a, a camper as long as the veteran would help work around the farm. I mean, there's just amazing stories of, um, you know, people that call me and it, it kind of breaks my heart. There's three to four calls a week, you know, but um, I take calls seven days a week. Um, I will try to help them, you know, do whatever I can to help them. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like most, mostly how you're able to, to help these folks is you put it out to your network and somebody jumps up and raises their hand and say, we got an idea over here. They can, they can try this one. Yeah, right now it is uh, it is the resources that that I'm aware of out here. But and that's why I started Veterans Evolutionary Housing. I want to do my own housing. I want to have a solution. Say, hey, we've got something for you. Come on over. Let's let's talk and let's you know go through the intakes. Let's see what other services you need, and we can help you from there. Mm -hmm. Now, have you ever uh, knowing a lot of people in the nonprofit? business, especially the veteran nonprofit, do you run into properly vetting the, some of these people or any issues with that? Uh, we, we do, we do check into that. We also check into that with our housing partners, um, you know, to make sure that whoever we're collaborating with is vetted. Um, <clears throat> we will also do a memorandum of understanding with the veteran who's going to come into our housing program mm -hmm. and set up goals and make sure that he's, he or she is doing what they're supposed to do. And we are doing what we're supposed to do to provide for them. Yeah. So how does, uh, how does somebody find veterans evolutionary housing? Yeah. Veterans evolutionary housing. We are on all so social media and we are on uh, the internet. You can either spell it out or we have an abbreviated website vehnv.org and uh, that will redirect you to our our housing website where you can reach out to us now 
as goes with many nonprofits, the fundraising part is not easy. So can you talk about some of the struggles you've been having with that? Yes, um, I have been having some struggles with that. Um, you know, I have have actually been able to find land that will be donated and we can use, but the funding, uh, I think a part of it's the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it's that uh, the corporations, you know, have laid off employees, they've cut back on costs. There's things, thing, other things that are going on where the funding doesn't come through. And, um, you know, even if I just have to start with 10 homes mm-hmm. on, a, on, a, on an acre of land to get this going, I think the funding would follow, you know, and so I'm looking for angel investors that want to be part of this project with us and, you know, may want to um, do something with us before the end of the tax year so that we can get going the first quarter of the new year and start building what we want to do and make a difference. Are you you talking about um, actually building new homes on the vacant land? It's going to be tiny homes. So we're looking at approximately 350 square feet uh, manufactured walls, all right, on a permanent foundation. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be a Band-Aid. This is going to be a permanent solution. You can stay there as long as, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Um, we want to help our veterans get jobs once we get them into shelter so that we can, uh, so they can be transported back and forth to their job, earn some money, feel like they're part of society again. They can pay a very cheap rent back to us of a dollar a square foot. So for $350 a month, we feel we can run those those tiny homes with them. And if you have a minimum wage job, you can afford that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, you say you actually have some land that's getting, being donated to you or here soon? Yes, that's correct. Um, we've, we've partnered with a, um, a ministry here locally, and they have 22 acres. And it's all flat. We've, you know, we've seen it. Um, we know what we can do or can't, uh, don't have access to um, with it. And they want to, you know, not, a, not only include veterans on this land, but they also want to have homeless in general. And they want to have women who have been trafficked. Um, on this land. So, um, you know, I see it as, uh, as a bigger picture that it can help so many people. Um, we just need the support behind us to get it started. Yeah. So how do you envision, uh, how or who do you envision coming into this to, to make that happen? A specific tiny homes builder, or do they typically, like the tiny homes are, are more modularly built, like they're built offsite and then brought, brought out there and put together? Yeah, typically, I think what we're going to do is um, we're going to have a warehouse available to us. We're going to build the walls and then haul it out to the site and then and then put it together. Um, but the tiny home will have everything it needs. It's going to have a bedroom with a fire escape in the back. It's going to have a full bathroom and it's going to have a mini kitchen and a small um, living area in the front. Yeah. Do do you know how much it costs to build a tiny home? I've just always been curious. Sure. Um, We're we're figuring it's going to cost about $25,000 plus, including the land rather and everything I just described um, for our tiny homes. So like $25,000 for one home? That's correct. For each one? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
so can you talk about some of the some of the campaigns, some of the ideas you got going on out there that you're trying to you're able to try to make this happen? Yes, um, you know, I really will. Um, it, again, it goes back to speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like that that side of it where I can meet everybody in, in person and talk to them. So I'm going to VFWs. I'm going to other types of coalition meetings. I go to in front of the um, the planning committees um, of these uh, the location of this land. And uh, like I mentioned, I also talk to senators. I talk to assembly men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a councilman uh, councilman out here who has been so supportive, and has always uh, made connections and helped me help me move this thing forward. You know, um, so something that comes to mind. Uh, I have a one of my best friends works in the trucking industry, and they're turning over a lot of trucks this year. That specifically the the, tra- the trailers in. Mm-hmm. The- you know the the semi trucks um so they're selling they're selling a trailer which is for the most part sealed and waterproof um at this point um because i always think back to container living you know like Mm -hmm. overseas iraq afghanistan a lot of us if you weren't living in a tent you're living in a container yes Um, a a steel can that had some windows or doors cut out, cut out, or whatever, mm-hmm. and put some put heating, air conditioning in it, and you're good. But um, it, it always makes me wonder, as he was telling me, like they're selling, you know, thousands of these trailers that are re- uh, re- some pretty good square footage. They're probably like more than five, six hundred square feet, I think, depending on the length. Mm-hmm. But they're selling them for like five hundred bucks a piece. They're just oh. basically giving them away, you know. Wow. And it always, you know, I've been going back and forth with him. Uh, numerous occasions like what what could we use these things for what well, there's got to be a good use there's people that are buying them i'm not sure what they're doing with them but there's a lot of container homes and, and the tiny homes is a big thing too um i think the tiny homes probably way more expensive uh probably nicer but um i'm just curious like have you have you thought about containers or even these possible um used trailers as a interim option until you can find the funding to build actual houses? Um, yes, absolutely. I've looked into many different options. We do have a, a, um, a village out here that's been established in, in Las Vegas for a while, and they just started putting together container homes. Mm-hmm. I did go out and tour them, so I, I have a pretty good idea what they did with those campers, um, whatever you know we can do to put them in temporary shelter and get them off the street. I have no problem with that long as it, you know, it's comfortable. Um, but uh, we, we also have a concept where we have a, a small cube, which is eight by eight. So 60, 64 square feet, it, it's an, big enough for a bed and, and the door will lock and you can, you can get out, you know, get out of the elements and be into something comfortable. So um, I'm absolutely open to other ways to get this done. Um, this is just, you know, tiny homes is, is something that's been taken off around the country. And it's, um, I think it's a takeoff from, you know, the container homes and, mm-hmm. and other things that have been converted. Yeah. I don't really know what the cost, like if you take a regular container or a regular uh, trailer mm-hmm. uh, from a tractor trailer. I don't know what the cost is to convert that over if you're going to try to put running water in it and heating and air and all that. So um, there's obviously some costs involved in that, but, but the basic structure, which is a solid structure is um, almost free. 
um, you would just have to modify it into that. Correct. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I have seen how they've set them up. Um, they, they rent them out out here for about 800 a month. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and they're the, that's for a full size container and then a smaller container can rent for like 600 a month, uh, hmm. half a container. So, um, you know, if it's shelter, it works. This, um, this container facility that you visited out there, is it, um, is, is it based around the home homelessness or just affordable housing? It was actually uh, first for veterans, homeless veterans, but now it is for all homeless mm-hmm. in, in the area. And they've got about five or six facilities that started as old motels that were converted um, and so that people could live in, in the motel rooms. And then they started adding the containers homes um, on the same site. Yeah. what do you, I've never been in a container home, like one that's been converted over. What does that look like or what? Does it have full running water and toilets and everything on the inside? Yes, it does. Showers and everything. Um, the back wall is typically um, solid. Uh, so that's where they make all the connections um, to the city services mm-hmm. through the back wall. Um, one end of the container is going to be uh, a big patio door or something with a lot of window with a lot of light, you know, and then you enter through the middle of the container. The other side is your bedroom. Um, so um, they they did a really great job. That this guy has done amazing work out here to get so many homeless off the streets. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, Sheila, we're getting towards the end of our time. Uh, tell us again one more one more time if somebody's interested in helping out or getting a hold of you. How to get a hold of uh, Veterans Evolutionary Housing? Yes, uh, uh, thank you. Um, you can certainly find us on the internet. Just Google us, um, or you can also give me a call or text me. My number is nine five one four nine one four one two one, and uh, I'm looking for someone to an investor to step up and help us plan this and get this up and running uh, first of the year. Awesome. We'll try to put your phone number in the show notes also in case you're listening to this driving down the road. So, um, well, Sheila, thanks for sharing, you know, love what you're doing for veterans and the homeless situation. And, um, you know, given a lot of yourself uh, doing all that, answering phone calls seven days a week, you know, it's not easy. So good on you for uh, helping vets out and look forward to your future success. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for the time. I I appreciate you having me on. You bet. Let's do it. All right. We are out. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.